Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Old school today, all right? Habakkuk, right? You're like, where is that, Pastor Scott? Oh my gosh, I haven't read in there. But it's Old Testament. Flip through, find your context, you'll find it. Um, but as you're doing that, hey, I just wanted to make a quick announcement. Um, so we as a, a church have a pantry um, give that we do every third Saturday of the month. And as Corey had made the announcement about uh, next weekend being our collaboration with the Boy Scouts and getting all this food in and things like that. One of the things that we, we have had going, and then we've kind of let it drop a little bit off, which was not really uh, intentional, but every first Sunday of the month um, is kind of a, a Sunday where we would like our congregations, our group of people, to um, give towards our pantry give. And so there's a little, there's a bucket over there. It's not a trash can outside, even though everyone looks like it and go, hey, there's a trash can. It's not a trash can, but there is a, a bucket right there. And um, we would love for on the first Sunday of the month, just as a family, if you could, donate some food so that um, canned goods, things like that. Uh, so that way we would um, keep supplying our uh, food pantry because we give, Dave, how many would you say families we give kind of per month? About 60 families come through, and we provide food for them and an opportunity. We have someone who walks with them in their cars. Right now, we've been doing the kind of the drive-through version of it. Um, and uh, someone walks with them and prays with them and gets all their prayer requests. And uh, this lady, Donna, she's very diligent about getting those, and then she prays for those over the week. And so we're making an impact in the community in a different way than just on Sunday and so what we want to do is just, uh, I want to encourage you, first Sunday of the month is our food pantry give. And there's cards back at, at the table back there that will kind of give you an idea as a reminder, uh, what are the things that we're looking for? What are the things that, that would help us out? And like I said, it doesn't have to be all of them. Just maybe it might be, hey, you're bringing in box cereal or you're bringing in some cans that you have or, or whatever it is. But I just wanted to make you aware of that and grab one of those if you would. Okay, so uh, hopefully you're still maybe, I don't know if anybody's still looking for Habakkuk, but we're, we've got a little bit of time until we get there. But uh, hey, so today is our, our, our fourth and final kind of uh, week in our study about the secret place. And... Um, Really, it's part of a three-part series that we've uh, kind of been studying that we've re- kind of referred to as the theology of place. Okay, now that's not in the Bible per se. Don't, don't sit there and go, hey, we got a new theology. No, but, but the Bible, um, we've discovered that the Bible strongly suggests or strongly implies that there are three main places that we are to engage in ministry, like unto the Lord and unto others, and that is the secret place, the gathering place, and the public place. Say it with me. The secret place, the gathering place, and the public place. And when these three um, come together and, they're, and they're, they make, we make them a priority and we're committed and devoted to them, then that kind of has this direct effect and, and empowers all of us to have a heart for the house and hands for the harvest, which is our theme this year. Um, that we feel that God's kind of given to us as a church, as a whole, all three campuses. We're kind of moving on this theme. 
And um, everything that we'll end up doing this year kind of will have that woven into it. Now, you might not directly think that, oh, hey, we're going to say that every time. But everything that we're planning on doing and then we're strategizing and looking at is all going to kind of have that theme involved in it. And so the last three weeks, we've just talked about the secret place and and where the secret place is a, a place for us to meet with God daily, to meet with God deeply. It's almost like, in order to have a secret place, you got to stop, right? Because we, we, we live on busy schedules. We live in our, our, man, we just boom, 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 boom. But to have a secret place, you have to be intentional about stopping. And in that stopping, then that's that, that area where then now I can dive deeper into to, to my relationship with God so that I can grow in knowing him, right? Isn't that so important? I mean, don't you want to know the person that you are praising and worshiping and who, who saved you? I, I mean, to me, yes, that's so important. But see, also along with that, when you, when you um, engage in this, this secret place, we talked a little bit about how it develops these deep and wide root system in your life, in that soil of intimacy, so that when you um, face trials, you face fears, you face anxiety, right, or, or doubt or, or a host of other things, uh, sickness, things like that, you are able to, because you are, are deeply rooted in your relationship with God, you are able then to, to stand on the foundation of what God has promised to you through his word, right? Because it acts like a tree. Those roots spread out. They go deep. And so when those things come, when those storms come, you're, you're, not, you're not bowing or being pushed over by that situation. Instead, you're able to stand upright and say, no, this is what God has said to me. This is what God has promised in his word. This is where I'm going to live by. So that every single time you get this, those encounters, hey, you're not swayed and moved, right, by the latest thing or the latest thing that comes out, especially in this culture. Because this culture likes to, to present things that are anti-God. Right? And so if we are developing this root system, we're able to stand there and go, no, that's not, what, that's not what the Bible says. That's not what God says. That's not what it is. And so it's important for us to, to recognize that. Okay? And, and really, I, I was thinking about it too. In John chapter 15, it talks about you know, um, being connected to, to the Lord, and it uses that analogy about being connected, that he, he is the... Um, uh, uh, man, my mind just went blank, right? But, but he is that, we are the, uh, are we the, yeah, we're the branches, right? I don't know what happened here, man. I just had one of those adult brain freezes that I just totally blanked out. But, but I was just thinking about that as far as John chapter 15. We are, we are, 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 we are abiding in him, right? That's the goal, is to, to abide in him. And then along with that, we talked about how it's a place where you have relationship with the Holy Spirit, where you're one-on-one with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to you, and you can speak to the Holy Spirit. You can share your heart with the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit will turn around and share his heart to you. And there's nothing greater because the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit only speaks what God speaks. He'll share what God wants to share to you. And so we get wisdom 
We get kind of revelation from the Holy Spirit. We get all kind of, kind of things that we need for our day in this secret place. And then we kind of had said, too, in the last couple of weeks that um, we covered two important essentials, right? And I, I, I referred to them as utilities, kind of like in a home, to keep the home properly functioning. And the first was that in the secret place, we need the Word of God. We need God's Word in the secret place. We need to, to, to study God's Word in the secret place. And then last week, we talked about the importance of praise and prayer and how it should fill our secret place. So if you missed any of that, check out the podcast, right? And, and one other thing before we actually get to the title, I just want you to, to be encouraged, right, that God... God is not about perfection. He's about progress. And so if you started out, or maybe you haven't even tried yet, just know you can start today. You can start tomorrow. And God's okay with that. Right? He knows, we're, he knows our humanity. Praise the Lord for that. He knows our humanity. He knows we stumble sometimes. But so if you've gotten discouraged, or you said, man, you know what, I missed three days, or I, 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 I haven't followed through, then I'm just going to let you know that God wants you to progress. Man, words are hard today. He wants you to progress. He doesn't want perfection. It would be great to be perfect, but we're not. And so don't let the enemy lie to you. Because the enemy will lie. He'll say, oh, see, you missed it. You totally failed, right? You, forget about it. But see, that's the thing. God's like, no, 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 I'm your biggest cheerleader. Come on, let's go. Let's go do this thing, okay? So this morning, we're gonna conclude with this portion of the series uh, with the last essential that I'll call in the secret place. And the title is The Importance of Journaling Your Journey with God. The Importance of Journaling Your Journey with God. Say that five times fast and see how you do, right? Um, Corey already prayed for us, and so we're just going to move right in to it. But how many of you would, would in some way like to keep track of your growth, of your spiritual growth, right? We like to keep track of that. I mean, we like to keep track of a lot of things. You know, they got those watches now that tell you how many steps you took during the day, right? Um, my kids are all into that right now. And I'm like, man, I guess I should be into it since they're into it. But I probably wouldn't even know how to work it, to be honest with you. Uh, I have old man syndrome sometimes where it's like I got to go to my kids and go, uh, how do you do that? You know, um, boy, you should have seen when we uh, kind of got some of these gizmos for our TV. I, man, I was clueless. But um, praise God for kids. Anyways, okay. But, but. All of us, in some way, shape, or form, kind of like to keep track of how things are moving along in our life, right? Well, journaling your, your, your faith journey, right, by, you know, your daily reading, um, your Bible study, your prayer, is like kind of keeping up um, with a growth chart, in a way. See, we, we kind of get this because, you know, um, when, we, when we take our kids to the doctor, right, the doctor always kind of has um, these things that they have to do before they actually see the doctor, right? They have to do their weight. They've got to do their measurement. How much are they growing? Um, and, they, and they keep record of all that so that they can see the progress going on. 
Well, you know what? I, I, I honestly believe that journaling is much the same way. Okay? When, when we journal the things that God is sharing to us and with us, uh, and even the promises that he has for us, the, and even journaling the ups and the downs, the struggles, the victories, the questions, the answers, I, I believe that we can eventually at some point go back and take a look at those and see what God's doing in our life. See how we've actually like been here, but you know what? I have grown so much over time because God is doing some things in me, right? He's changing me. But it's this journaling to me is kind of this actual kind of like keeping a record of what God's doing in your life so that you can see it. But, but the challenge is not many people do that. They don't see it that way, right? And, and really, before I go any farther, I just want to acknowledge that possibly in the room, there may be some of you who feel like journaling is not your deal, okay? It's not your deal. Um, you know, maybe you spend more time processing uh, your thoughts eternally uh, on what you read, and then at some point, eventually, it comes from the, goes from the inside of you to the outside of you, okay? And if, or, or you may just learn the Bible differently. Um, and that's totally fine too, okay? But the goal is, is that you're engaging with God. That's the goal. So whatever floats your boat, whatever works for you, then do it. Because we want you to engage God. We want you to allow him, him to speak to you and share to you things that are on his heart for you right? With the help of the Holy Spirit. And it might not be, hey, I'm, 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 re I'm really, you know, good at, at, at writing. But I, but I have a different way of going about doing it. And so what we want you to do is just grow in that grace, grow in that knowledge of who he is, his plans for you, his purposes for you, his promises for you. And if that's kind of how you feel, right, um, that's okay. Because I'll, I'll tell you this, I'm going to confess. I am more of a processor than a writer. Sometimes I, 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 I read my journal entry and man, I, I'm, how do I, I don't even know how to get this out of me. I don't even know how, what, ah, it's going to sound lame, it's going to sound stupid. And so I've got to process and I've got to sit on it. And usually that when that happens, I don't necessarily get to writing, which it's kind of a bummer because the more I process it, the more I meditate on it, the, the deeper I begin to understand it. But I don't slow down and take the time to write it. And then there's other times where, man, it just seems like, man, I am William Shakespeare. It's just rolling off the, the pen. Like it's just smooth as silk, right? And I'm just like, woo, yeah, this is this this will preach. This is awesome. This is great. And so I I I I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that we learn differently, we process differently, we go about things differently. But I I want you to know that I don't want you to tune me out if if you are not a writer, okay? Or if you don't feel that, because there is some value scripturally um, that we'll walk through this morning that hopefully will let you see and give you an idea that maybe I should try. 
Okay, maybe I should give this a shot to see. Now, again, right, this is not legalistic by any means, that you have to do it this way. This is just an avenue. This is just a pathway, right, in your secret place to grow with God, taking time to listen and allow him to, to, to say things to you that you can write down, okay? Now, the thing about this, too, this is where probably I get a little bit convicted because I'm not very good at this really in anything, and my wife will, will shout an amen here in a second. But it says that, that scientifically, like the scientific researchers have noted that when something is written down by hand, it triggers more robust brain activity and is associated with stronger neural encoding of memory retrieval. Something about writing it down. Because she'll go, didn't you write it down? No. Right? And I, I'll forget. It just doesn't happen. But here, scientifically, they say there's something about it. When you write something down, it, it will lock in. It'll be something that you can recall um, right away. And, 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 you know, and being, being one of those guys that, that don't really do that, um, I remember when I, I first started dating Heather, and um, when I would go over to their house, and my in-laws are here, so I'm not calling them out or anything like that. But, but, they, but they would have sometimes on, on their, on their uh, kitchen table um, a bunch of, a, a list of things. And I always thought like, what? Because I grew up in it. My parents were not that way, right? And so I, I always thought like, man, there's a lot of notes here for reminders and things or whatever. But, but I, I, I appreciate that because I, as, as I got older, right, and kind of more mature, I hope, um, I, I noticed, and even now reading that thing, I noticed, okay, that, that makes sense, right? Because especially when it comes to like kids' activities, things that are going on, praise God, my wife keeps a calendar better than I do. And so it, it's important for us to, to, to know and, and understand that when we write something, something happens, right? And I love it, the fact that, that, that God, who created everything, who knows everything, put this into play, put this into action when it comes to the scripture. Okay, are you in Habakkuk finally? I gave you a lot of time, okay? Now, if you are not there, look, just pretend it, okay? Just kind of, you know, do that thing where you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, stop here. Okay, all right. So Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, it says this. Now, this is um, Habakkuk talking. He's a prophet. And he says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. And then the Lord answered me and said, so he's telling God, God, I'm going to watch. I'm going to stop. And I'm going to spend time listening to you. And then I'm going to, to, to be able to do this. And then the Lord says to him, write the vision, okay, or what you see, and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. All right, that means it's coming. But at the end, I love this, but at the end, it will speak and will not lie. Right? So when God gives you something that, that you read maybe through Scripture, or he, he, and we'll get to, to some of the way he, he does it, when, when he does that, right there, man, it says, but at the end, it will speak and will not lie. It might not come right away. It might not happen right away. But God promised. 
it will not lie. It says, though it tarries, okay, or it seems like it's slow in coming. How many have ever been there before? Right, yeah, come on, God, let's go. Um, wait for it. See, we have a tendency not to wait for it. We have a tendency to jump out. Oh, well, God's not doing anything. I'm going to take care of it then. Or I'm going to do this. Or I'm going to try to, you know, kind of muscle my way in somehow, you know. And God's like, hey, are you waiting? No, I'm impatient. Well, then, you know, let your patience come and perfect work and all that stuff. Okay. He says, though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Okay. That means it'll come right on time. Okay. So although... This is not, you know, kind of directly talking about journaling. There are some similarities to journaling, okay? First, the prophet Habakkuk was a man who uh, needed insight. He needed answers. He needed a vision. He needed some strategy. I mean, can anybody identify with that? I'm right there, right? And Habakkuk was committed to God. Right? He was committed to following whatever God was going to reveal to him. Whatever God was going to say through his word, whatever God's will was going to be, whatever God's way was going to be. But in order for him to find him, we find this that he writes at the very beginning. He said, I will stand my watch. Notice, I will. Right? It's not God. God, you're going to show up and do it for me, right? No, it's I will. I'm going to be, I'm going to make sure that I am putting in the, the work, the effort. I'm establishing this. He says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. So the rampart kind of to me acts sort of like a secret place, right? A place where he initiates and waits for the things that God is going to reveal to him. That's a secret place. Then God says, speaks to him and says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that you may run so that he may run who reads it. Now, okay, this is talking to me now, and I don't know, am I talking to you? But notice it doesn't say, you know what? You just internalize it, Habakkuk. You just internalize it. You just let it keep rolling around inside of you and you just keep it, let it just sit in there. No, he, he tells Habakkuk, so I'm guilty right there. You know, God's kind of been, you know, kind of soft taps. Wake up, Scott, right? He said, notice, oh, I, anyways, I, no, he didn't internalize it, but he said, write it down. Not only for him, but for the sake of others. There's something to that, right? So that, that the others can run with it, he said. Not just you, but others can run with it. So do you think maybe he had to share what God was saying? I mean, think about those times when you might have opportunities to share with somebody about what God is saying to you in your secret place. And sometimes instead of trying to eternalize it and trying to figure out, scramble the brain and go, where, 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 you might be able to say, hold on, let me get my journal out for a second. You know what? I journaled on that exact thing you're talking about. And this is what God spoke to me. I don't know if it'll speak to you, but man, I think it might, might, might have some weight. It might carry some weight for you. Okay? So basically by writing it down, he's made, God, God's, telling, God's telling Habakkuk, you know what? You're going to remember it. 
You're going to remember it and you can retrieve it at any time when you need it. So in some sense, God had Habakkuk journaling what he heard from him in order for his word to get deep down inside of his heart so then he could pass it along to others. See, we don't, we, sometimes we don't think about that in our journaling process. We think, okay, this is my journal. I'm, I'm, I'm writing it and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing from the Lord and this is what the Lord's saying or, or maybe the struggles or the things I'm walking through and I haven't had an answer yet, but man, I'll, when I get an answer, I'll write it down or whatever. But sometimes we got to realize too that that writing it down or having it is also so the fact that we can recall it to others because people need some of the things that you, you, you have had the Lord speak to you about. Because right? oftentimes, like if I get into a situation where I'm talking with someone or counseling someone or, or walking through some things with people, a lot of, a lot of times is that it's that process of my being in God's word and, and even, even journaling at the times that I do that I can recall and say, hey, I, this is what God promises. This is what God said. You know, even in my own life, da 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 I mean, it's, a, it's a, almost like taking up your, your, uh, your checkbook and writing a check to someone. Is that what you need? Oh, well, let me give you. Let me give you something. Obviously, it's not a check, but you know what I'm talking about. Okay? But it all comes from the secret place. Okay, so which leads us to my, our first truth. Okay? This is a long, all our, our truths are really long today. I'm sorry. This is just how it worked out. Okay? This is it. Writing it down presses it deeper into your heart and gives you greater revelation. Writing it down presses it deeper into your heart and gives you greater revelation. Um, Deuteronomy 17, okay? We see a picture of this when God asks of every king basically to become a scribe, to write for themselves the copy of the law. The copy of the law. Which they had people to do. I mean, there was people who were employed to be scribes to do those things. But see, God knew the importance of writing it down. So this is what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 18 and 19. He says, when, you, when he sits on the throne as king, now this is God talking, he must, man, highlight that, put a box around it. Right? He must copy for himself this body of instruction or the law on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests. He must always keep that copy with him and read it daily as long as he lives. That way he will learn to fear the Lord, his God, by obeying all the terms of these instructions and decrees. So the text shows us that God's heart God shows us God's heart and the importance of, of God, how much God puts on the word of God, right? So here he is, he, he's, he's telling the kings, I'm requiring you to, to write this out, to be a scribe, to be a scholar. I need you to be a Bible student. I need you to, to read the Bible and not just in a casual way, but I want you as the king to write out the copy of the law. 
I mean, can you imagine having to sit down with like several pads of paper or even reams of paper and sit down and, and begin to write from Genesis 1 all the way to the first five books of the Bible? Can you imagine that? But that's what God wanted them to do. Why? Because he knew once you start writing, it starts locking in. And so he tells them that. This is what I want you to do. And then it was also, the reason was so that that, that way they can, they can recall it, they can retrieve it, and they had to have it with them all the time. And I think, you know, if God were to say that today, we'd probably say, no, thank you. I'm good. I'm going to call Amazon. I'll order off Amazon. I'll get to it quick. I even have Amazon Prime. God, I can get it quicker. Right? We'd say, no, we're not doing that. But can you imagine? I mean, the Bible wasn't all that, you know, um, around like we have. But he tells them, no, this is what I, I need you to do. He required them so that God's word would get deep within their hearts and they would learn to fear the Lord and, and walk in his ways. And then I think, too, it would help develop a skill for them to be able to interpret God's word, right? And uh, rightly apply it to their life and then also be rightly apply it to leading the nation of Israel as well. So in a way, they were kind of journaling Right? God's word in the secret place. They were writing down scriptures, right? So when we do, when we journal, we're kind of doing the same thing they're doing. We're, we're hearing what God says. We're reading our Bible. We're seeing what comes out. We're, we're all of a sudden the Holy Spirit might illuminate something to us. And we write that down. And then it begins to do a work inside of us if we let it. You know, and, and, also, too, just so you know, this writing it down thing is not just an Old Testament deal. Um, it, both, both Luke and the book of Acts were written by Luke, right? But they were written by Luke who kept a journal of what was taking place. Holy Spirit used it to have what we got here. But Luke, everywhere he went, he was writing down what was going on, what was happening, Right? He was, he, all of the stuff that he was learning, he was writing down, all the things that he had heard. And then in Revelations, you have John who, who gets translated up to heaven, and, and Jesus tells him this in, in Revelations chapter 1, verse 11. He says, now write down everything. You see things that are and things about to be. So hopefully you can see there's an importance right? To writing things down, the things that you see, the things that you hear when you're spending time with God in the secret place. Because really, when you spend that time and you stop and you take the time to write it down, you're actually developing your growth in your relationship with Him. Just by writing it down, okay? Second point, writing it down allows you to remember rehearse, and continue in what God has spoken. Writing it down allows you to remember, rehearse, and continue what God has spoken. Now, a, a great way, which really is the Bible way, to, to do all of that is meditating on God's Word. Okay? 
Now, this isn't the meditation that, that the world gives us, the world's perspective of meditation, when it means, hey, empty your mind, okay? It's the exact opposite, okay? Biblical meditation is where one seeks to fill the mind with God's word, right? Where, where you begin to, to kind of chew on it. And the great thing about it too, meditating is not just in the secret place. It's very portable. You can take it with you wherever you go, right? You may write it down on an a, a, uh, index card and just have it with you. And throughout your day, you can just pull that scripture out and you can chew on it, you can meditate, you can read it again and again and again and again. And as you do, the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you, will begin to kind of stir that up in you. And not only are you memorizing it and taking it in eternally, but it's developing some roots in you. Okay? But it's portable. It's portable. And then not only that, as you are, like I said, as you're meditating, then you're giving the Holy Spirit something to work with. See, I think sometimes when we don't let allow Scripture to be chewed on in our life, I think then, you know, the Holy Spirit, man, He's waiting to give you more. Um, more depth. More of an understanding of Scripture. But oftentimes we just kind of breeze through or we don't stop and really think about or, 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 or you know, kind of process the Scripture. We breeze through it so we, then we don't really get the whole depth um, that, that, that God's trying to get across to us. You know, in, in that moment or, or throughout our day or throughout the year, whatever that looks like. In the, in, in the book, The Practice of Godliness, I, the author kind of lays out a, kind of a, I think it's a good and kind of simple definition of what Christian meditation looks like. He says this, when we meditate on the scriptures, we talk to ourselves about them, okay? So it's not crazy to talk to yourself, right? As some people would say, okay? He says, we talk to ourselves about them, turning over in our minds the meaning, the implications, and the applications to our own life. Now, I'm going to add this with the Holy Spirit's help, okay? Got to have the Holy Spirit's help in it. But see, it's that process where, where you, you go over and you're thinking about it and you're chewing kind of on it and you're, you're allowing that your mind to just kind of um, just grapple with it in, in some ways. But asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, continue to, to reveal to me the truth, Continue to allow me to understand what this scripture is saying. What does it mean for my, my life? You know, it's kind of like um, the example of a cow, um, you know, chewing its cud over and over and over again. Well, part of the, what he's doing there is he's getting all of the nutrients it needs for it in its body. As it chews and chews and rechews and all that stuff, it's getting all the nutrients that it needs. Same principle with God's word. The more we meditate, the more we chew, the more we go through, go through, we are actually getting more nutrients to our root system so that we can grow and be the, the godly trees that God wants us to be so that we can bear bushels of fruit. Not just one fruit, not just one apple, right? What would you do a tree? Hey, I got an apple tree in the backyard. It just produces one apple a year. That's kind of a bummer, right? You'd be like... That's kind of useless. But, but how often, though, honestly, 
how often if we would self-analyze, will we look at it and go, yeah, that kind of describes me. I might produce one fruit for the kingdom of God a year. Now, no, I'm not putting any shame on anybody, right? I mean, I got to look at it too. But see, we're supposed to be popping fruit all over the place. You know what I mean? You know, boop, 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 you know, whatever. And people are going, man, there's a lot of fruit coming from your life. And you're all, yeah, that's right. Because I've been in the secret place. I'm allowing this, this my, my, the, the word of God as I meditate on it is giving me all the nutrients I need to build my root system so that, man, I can produce fruit after fruit after fruit after fruit after fruit after fruit after fruit. Right? You, you kind of get it. But it's important for us to kind of understand that, you know what? God's word has nutrients that we need. And, you know, we've already seen some examples of that. You know, kind of, you know, the whole Habakkuk thing. Write it down so people can run with it. Deuteronomy. Joshua 1.8 says this. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read and meditate on it day and night. Okay? I, this is God saying it, not me. And then in Psalms 1 and 2, it says blessed. Okay, this is the amplified version. It says blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, following their advice and example, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit, sit down to rest in the seat of the, the scoffers or the ridiculers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, he, his precepts and teachings, he habitually meditates day and night. Habitually, right? He's got this habit of meditating on God's word. It's, it's just who he is, right? We develop habits, what? Over time, right? And it may start, I, I, man, you know what? My wife corrected me of this when we got married, but I had a habit of, of, of drinking from a glass and just putting it down and walking away from it and getting another glass at another time and not using the same glass. And man, did that used to tick her off. But, but see, I, I had a habit that I, I created when I lived with my parents, because my mom didn't correct that. She didn't correct it. And so, man, I would just leave a glass there, leave a glass there, get another. What are you doing? We survived, by the way, right? We're on, what, 27, 26? 27 years. So we're, 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 we're rolling. But, but, but see, you develop habits, right? So what we should do is be developing a habit of meditating on God's word whatever that looks like to you. But, but we, we, we should begin to make this progress, okay? And, and really, you know, not only does it, it apply to God's written word, but it also applies to God's rhema word, okay? So what it, the written word is what we read in Scripture, okay? Um, that's usually how God first speaks to us in Scripture, but then also there are times when you might hear an audible voice or other, others might speak to you. A word that, that sets into like, whoa, there's something about what you just said. There's something that you just, you, you spoke into my life. Man, that, that's given me some insight or direction or wisdom I need. But see, the thing about it though, with a rhema word, right? Because you can chew on those. 
You can say, okay, God, if that's what you're saying, let me, let me, let me understand that deeper. Let me understand what that is. But, but the important thing to do, though, is that, that that rhema word always needs to line up to the written word. Every time. Right? Because, like, you could have people who come up and give you a word. Like, hey, you're supposed to marry me. Had that happen to me. Right? In Bible college. And I was like, what? <laughs> right? Didn't line up with me. And I'm sure it didn't line up with God's word. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? People will sometimes give you some, man, you make sure that you put it right up to God's word and say, does that align with God's word? If it doesn't, just push it aside and say, man, no way, I'm out of here. But if it does, then you know what? Ask the Holy Spirit, help you to kind of understand it deeper, give you more insight to it. Right? So understand that, you know, God wants to speak to us. Wants, wants to give you, give you an understanding. And when you are journaling, there will be moments where the Holy Spirit will highlight a, 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 um, a scripture to you. Pay attention to when that happens. Because I don't know, sometimes you can read scripture and you're just kind of like going along and do 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 right? And all of a sudden you read something and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. I got I to step back for a second. I got to read that again, right? And then you read it again, and you're like, oh, my goodness. That's talking to me right now. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, highlighting something so important for you to get. But then, you know what? So then what we should do, right, if, if, to remember, we should write it down. And then when we write it down, make it portable. Take it with you throughout your day. God, what are you speaking to me on this? What, what is this about? And, and the great thing about it, God is not a silent God. And so he'll, he'll start sharing some things with you. And sometimes it'll be like an ouch. Or it'll be, oh, praise God. God's so good. Right? But even in the ouch, we should say, oh, praise God. God's so good because he's trying to correct me. He's trying to get me in, in, in the right, right position. And so let's go to our third point for today. Writing it down prepares you to be used by God to encourage, equip, and edify others. Another long one. Writing it down prepares you to be used by God to encourage, equip, and edify others. So the more time we spend studying the Scripture, meditating on it, journaling our journey, with him, the more it gets down into our hearts and burns within us. Okay? The prophet Jeremiah gives us a great example of this. Remember, we're supposed to be learning from these people. Jeremiah says this. Verse uh, uh, 20, verse 9. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. Now, let me pause there for a minute because you might think, well, where are you going with this, Pastor Scott? Um, in that story, kind of the backstory to it, Jeremiah had suffered mentally. He suffered emotionally, physically because he preached the truth. He was a prophet and he went out and he preached the truth. And he, 
ended up being ridiculed for it. He was insulted. Uh, he was mocked and made it kind of just this laughing stock before the people, before the priest, before the kings. And he just got to a point where he was so frustrated. He was like, forget it. I ain't doing this anymore, God. I'm not, gonna, I'm not doing this anymore. Because they don't listen and they obviously don't care. But I think something happened to, to Jeremiah in mid-sentence mid or thought. Because he goes on to say, but, right? Don't you just love those buts, right? It says, but his word was in my heart. So here, here he is saying, man, I'm done. I'm not telling these people anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to pray for them anymore. I'm not going to tell them about Jesus anymore. I'm not going to do any of this anymore. But then he says, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones, I was, I, oh, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. So he goes from being frustrated, angry, but then all of a sudden something shifted inside him and realized, you know what, man? I got so much of God's word in my heart and my life right now. It is like a fire and it's burning in my bones and I cannot not say anything. I cannot not give what I have to give. So how did that happen? Because really, in, in a lot of ways, that's something we should be working towards. So how did that happen? Jeremiah 15 tells us. It says, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. What is his joy and heart's delight? God's word, right? It says, when I discovered your words, man, we've got it so much easier. We got Bibles, right? Amazon delivers it to your door. Simple. He didn't necessarily have that right away, right? But he said, you know what? I devoured them. You know what the picture of devoured means, right? So hungry that you just you know, going for it. He says, they are my joy and my heart's delight for I bear your name, O Lord God of heaven's armies. So Jeremiah just didn't like, you know, get into the word, something we often say, oh yeah, I'm getting in the word. No, Jeremiah let the word get into him. That's important for us to recognize because we can open our Bible and we could try to read and just say, yep, I read. But see, journaling helps us allow the word of God to get inside of us. That gets into our mind, that gets into our heart, that gets into our soul. And it burns like a fire. It's a consuming fire. That's what, that's what Jeremiah was talking about. Man, I've got this consuming fire of God's word inside of me and I cannot hold it back. So the challenge is kind of like, when was the last time you felt that? Right? I, I mean, I'm challenged by it. When was the last time I felt that? That I was like, and boom, there you go. Right? But, but it's possible 
to have, but it's based on whether or not we are being consumed with God's word, right? Whether we, as he said, devouring God's word, whether he's, he's, he, you're allowing God's word to do all of this stuff inside of you to the point where, man, you can't hold back, right? You, you just can't stop from sharing. You can't stop from encouraging. You can't stop from equipping. You can't stop from edifying others. And, and when that starts happening, that translates into the gathering place and the public place. Because in the gathering place, we should be encouraging each other. Where's the gathering place? The church. Right? We should be encouraging each other. We should be just, you know, hey, this is, man, I got, man, this is just so good. I want to share it with you. Or, you know, one of your brothers and sisters said, yeah, I'm kind of struggling with that. Well, man, let's encourage one another. Let's encourage with God's word. Hey, you know God's faithful, right? The scripture says that God would not turn his back on you. He's so faithful. And then also in the public place, opportunities, I'm sure every single one of you in some way, shape, or form have an opportunity in the public place to share something at some point. But oftentimes, because it's not welled up with inside of us, it's not burning in our bones, right? This fire, we just kind of silently walk away. But see, God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to be challenged about devouring us so that we do have something to bring to the table in the, the, the public place as well. Right? And it's just sharing what you know because you've spent time in the secret place. You spend time writing it down. So hopefully in closing, I've, I've developed a good enough case for all of us to understand it's important to write down God's word. Now, however you do that, however that functions in your life or whatever, go for it, okay? Again, journaling, the way we journal here at Lakeshore is not a legalistic thing. It's an, op, it's an avenue. It's an avenue for you to, to get into your word. And, and so, um, Corey mentioned it earlier, we have these journaling books, and we go by this, this acronym that is, is called SOAP, Okay? I'm just going to explain it real quick. But, it, but it's a great way. If you've never started a journal, this is a super easy, practical way to do it. Okay? And the very first thing is Scripture, right? We need a word. We need a word from God. We need a verse of Scripture from God to stand on. And once you get that word, write it down. Right? So you're reading that passage of Scripture, and something jumps out at you. And you're like, whoa! Okay, and you write it down. And then the next part, so we got scripture. Next part is observation, okay? Which means that we should investigate and know what the verse is actually saying, okay? And then what we do is write down what we see. Ah, this is what I see about that scripture. It's God talking to Habakkuk about the fact that he wants him to write down what he's hearing from God. Boom, got it, application are the observation, okay? Then the application is we should be able to interpret it and see the application for our lives. And then what? Write it down. 
How does that apply to my life? Well, maybe I need to take that some time and find my own secret place time and wait to listen to God. Hear what he's saying, right? And believe that it's not the pizza you ate the night prior, but believe, hey, I think this is what God is saying. I, I was in a conversation with Corey one day, and, and he, he said, you know, people make it so complicated to hear God. Am I here? Am I ready? Sometimes it's just a matter of, man, this is what I, I'm sensing. And it's not the pizza. It's not the whatever you want to call it. It's just, I hear a simple word right now. I just hear a simple word, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow that along. But it's applying it. Okay, so then I need to write down more of what God's saying to me if I was doing the Habakkuk scripture. That's applying it, wouldn't you say? I just need to do it more. And then then it's a prayer, right? We should be responding to it in some way or leading others to respond it. So what do you do? You write out your prayer. Doesn't have to be elegant. Doesn't have to be this long, drawn-out thing. Lord, help me to take the time to stop, to have a secret place where I really do wait to listen to you, for you to speak a word to me so that I can run with it, just like in Habakkuk, so I can run with it, and then help me to run run with it to give to others. Help me to run so I, I have an ability to share what, man, God's doing in my life and, and, and really just, you know, keeping track in some way too of how I'm growing. And so, again, journaling is designed to serve um, a purpose to help you develop your relationship with God. And again, it's not, in no legalism here. It's however you process and however you do it, Find out and then just do it. Do the Nike commercial. Just do it. And as you do, and you start writing down whatever, simple, it doesn't matter. I remember doing children's ministry, and, you know, they would always be so concerned about, am I, am I writing the right things? And I said, well, as long as it doesn't give any praise to the devil, you're good. Right? You're good. Just go for it. And we'd sit in a circle and they would share. And man, sometimes these kids would get great insight. And you're all, dang, man, I wish I got that. But see, they're just following what the Holy Spirit's teaching them. And it's as simple as that. It's not, it's not complicated. So I just want to encourage you, develop that secret place. Find a time where you could, however you do it, if you're processed, process, but then make it an effort to try to write it down so that it sticks inside of you. Okay? We're all good? Yeah? Okay, bow your heads. Holy Spirit, I thank you so much for helping each one of us in this journaling, our journey with God. Wherever we land on on the spectrum of that, I thank you that today would be a new day. That Holy Spirit, you would give each one of us a new insight, uh, uh, even a, a thought to how we can go about doing this that best suits um, 
our, our, our uh, well, I don't want to say ability, Jesus, but our, our way of being able to explore and to experience God's word as, as God's word is shared to us through the word, as people maybe share a word to us. Help us to, to, to know the best way. And, and help us to, to set a, kind of a guard over our mind and over our hearts and over our spirit to not allow the enemy to come in and to discourage us. I thank you that um, as you work on our hearts, as you work in our lives to set that special time aside, that, Lord, we would see more fruit produced than ever before because we know that you are, are, are in the midst of doing something brand new in our lives. And so we are grateful for it. We are thankful for it. I just pray blessings upon each and every one. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.